Welcome to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to another show. Uh, today is a topic that is very close to my heart for a lot of reasons. The Bread and Butter Project is Australia's first social enterprise bakery. They invest 100% of their profits into training people seeking refuge and asylum in Australia to become qualified bakers. Since 2013, the Bread and Butter Project has pr- uh, provided training and employment pathways for refugees and asylum seekers to boost their prospects of successful resettlement, employment, and a strong sense of belonging. So I feel honoured to get to spend the time with Philip Hoban, the GM of Bread and Butter Project. Thanks so much for joining me, Philip. How are you? I'm good, Sean. Thank you very much for having us. Oh, an absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, and as I was just saying before the podcast um, started, um, obviously me being an ex-baker, anything to do with bread is a very exciting podcast for me to um, to record. So it's um, fantastic to to get to know you better and really understand what this social enterprise is about. Um, so how did the, how did the, I'll call it a business, but how did the actual organisation um, start out in, in, in 2013? Yeah, I suppose it goes back a little further than 2013. And mm-hmm. in 2011, a, a guy called Paul Allen, um, one of the founders of Burke Street Bakery, mm-hmm. and his partner, Jess Greenberg, they were over just on a holiday in, the Thai Burma, in a small village called Mysot on the mm. Thai Burma border. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came across an orphanage, an orphanage that looked after refugee women. And um, when they were there, they noticed they had a big oven out the back and um, with the the okay from the, the, the sisters that looked after the orphanage, mm-hmm. they actually trained all of the women, a lot of the women to actually be bakers wow. and to bake bread in this big oven. Um, and then they went and they found lots of sales from the local towns around mm-hmm. and they became self-sufficient. Up until that, they were very, very reliant on on people helping out. Um, so that that bakery is still going today. Wow, um, that's exciting. They're, they're making cookies now instead of bread, but yet they're self-sufficient. They look after themselves and, and they're helping many, many women. Mm. Um, Paul came back to his own country in Australia and says, I'd love to do something similar over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, he, he had thoughts of helping lots of different groups of people, mm-hmm. but they, they decided people seeking refuge and asylum was a good a, a good cause to to help out. So um, they decided they'd set up a bakery Um a wholesale bakery, mm-hmm. Burke Street Bakery. They they have their their business and they set up a wholesale bakery. Yep. Um, called it the Bread and Butter Project. Mm-hmm. And in 2013, they launched that Bread and Butter Project and they brought in the very first two trainees. Yeah, that's exciting. And and, and, and how did you become involved? Like, when did you come into the company? I came into the company in 2018. I was lucky enough to to move to Sydney and this opportunity was presented to me. Um, when I started um. I have a commercial background. Um, so when I started, I wasn't sure whether I'd be a right fit for the organization. Mm. Um, but I fitted in very, very well. And um, yeah, I love what I do. I love the fact that we're we're helping people and at the same time, um, you know, helping ourselves as well because it's great satisfaction to be gained from working from an organization that puts the money back into the organization and doesn't just try to make rich people richer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very... Um it's such a different path when you come out of for-profit businesses, I imagine, then and go into a, a social enterprise organization. Like, was that a big sort of learning curve for yourself coming in as a GM a couple of years ago and, and sort of, I suppose, learning how to operate a, a business differently, do you think? Absolutely was. Um, I came here first, Sean, and um, 
I was charging along and I was flying through things and I looked behind me and nobody was able to keep up. Um, <laughs> it's a different type of business with different challenges. But what you got to realize with social enterprises, they can only survive the commercially viable. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. And it's really, really important we get to a stage where we're self-sustaining and we're not there yet. Yes. And we're about 10% short of being a self-sustaining social enterprise who can mm-hmm. then help other social enterprises through what we've learned. And mm-hmm. um, but you got to be commercial, commercially viable, and then that's part of the reason why they, they went looking for somebody with my background. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure they're obviously very, very lucky to have you. Um, why did the brand sort of focus on bread production? Obviously, because of the connection with you know Burke Street Bakery and, and that kind of stuff. Like, there was it was there any thoughts that you know of to to do any other sorts of hospitality ventures rather than a bakery production facility? Yeah, there was there was two reasons to went for the bakery production facility. Um, they're gifted bakers, um, mm. the guys that founded Berkshire, and mm. um, they're they're very very gifted in what they do, and it's a, a specialized bread, artisan breads. Um, yes, absolutely. But secondly, is there was forecasts of the substantial shortfall of skilled bakers yep. in the industry throughout Australia, which meant it's it's one thing bringing in people to train them. It's another thing then finding employment. And and our program trains them to be practically to be bakers. It's phenomenal in terms of the level it goes into. They understand ingredients, they understand the implications weather has on on baking. It's not just coming in and operating a machine, but no. we also get them a certificate too in food processing. Mm-hmm. And we do ESL tutoring. We have pro bono retired school teachers who fantastically live up their time mm-hmm. and come in and do one-on-one ES English as a second language training with the people. So um, we really set them up to succeed. And, but then we have to find a business that does open us in. So Bacon, Bakers was one that worked really, really well because mm-hmm. we had the experience. Yes. And we also knew it was a shortfall. Yes. Um, it's such a challenging industry. I mean, I spent a decade of my life and I know even in the late 90s and early 2000s when I was still in the industry, how hard it was to get... Um, great talent who would want to work um, in the middle of the night to produce a product you know it's a it's 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 not an it's not a part of the industry I don't think you can understand until you do it it's a you know it's a very much like you know being a chef I'd imagine as well like it's it's so different in the fact that um, you really 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 have to have a love for the product and a love for what you're doing every day and sort of the rhythm of a bakery in order to make it to make it work like did you what kind of if i can ask you what kind of skills did you have to pull on from your sort of experience before this in order to sort of um make sure this this you know social enterprise was going to be um profitable and could sustain itself yeah i suppose acknowledging everything you said there is the first fact it's a hard Mm. job Mm. to do the errors are not glorious yes Um, it's manual. You go home tired every day and no two days are the same. Nope. Um, you come in and what you did yesterday will not work today. Yes. Um, so it's acknowledging the work that has to get done. But the second part is acknowledging that every all of the people seeking refuge in the sun that we take in, Sean, um, they have a phenomenal gifted background. They're really clever people. Um, yes. And they're underestimated because their skills aren't recognized over here but they're not bakers yes <laughs> they don't come to us as bakers they come to us as as electrical te- technicians maths teachers it specialists um constructural engineers you know mm-hmm. they come with all that background but then we put them into baking so what we got to realize is we got to keep an eye and make sure they're happy 
um, or what they're doing. Yes. And find out is if they still want to be bakers when we're looking for work for them, because it's all part of what we want to do is get them used to the Australian workplace culture. Yes, of course. Um, and get them that first step on the ladder, no different to the property ladder, the employment mm. ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they don't want to be bakers at the end of this, we will try our best to find them other opportunities in hospitality mm-hmm. or customer service or something that the skills we've given them will help them to, to start their careers off. Yeah. Um, um, that, that's the biggest learning for me. In terms of everything else, it's just having the right people to train in them. Um, mm. Because bakers are like tradies, and tradies, you know, they're really good at what they do, but they're not always great the teachers. Best at yep. training, right? mm-hmm. um, so it's, pr- it's really important, and we're very, very lucky with the guys, we, guys and girls we have working for us, um, mm. that they're like that. You have the right behaviors. Because every six months we say, well done with that group. Here's another group. Yes. From scratch with limited English mm. and no food experience. And they just work really hard. So they're the two real important things from my point of view. Mm. The rest, the business side, we just we just work as we go on. Yeah. Do you, do you find you keep any of the, I'm going to call them graduates because I can't think of another word to sort of call them in that period of time. That is do you, Right. Um, do you... Do you keep any of those people on as being trainers, you know, in the system, if that makes sense? Because I'd imagine that connection point with a person coming in fresh from wherever they're coming from as asylum seeker and then having this opportunity with you guys, getting great training, getting great support, and then actually delivering that consistently with other people coming through is actually a really big positive. Like, do you find you guys to do that as a, as an organization? Yeah, we, we do when we need to. And um, we, mm. we, we like to send them out. We don't mind them coming back after they visit, they've experienced another place because yep. we, we are, although we're a commercial bakery, we're a safe haven. Um, yeah. They come yeah. with traumatic experience. They gradually build their safety net around us because they see we actually, we don't manage it like a commercial business in terms yeah. of, of they're just a number. We 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 look after these guys as best we can, mm-hmm. um, and we like to send them out to get more experience elsewhere. But the place, the companies, the employment partners we work with, we make sure they have similar behaviors to us, mm. um, and we'd like to send them off because we want them to get more experience. We don't mind them coming back after that. Yes, but absolutely, we do keep some. We have a need as well, particularly mm. with our growth pattern and what we're doing with with Harris Farm and with Woolworths Metro and with the bakery itself. Um, yes. We do have a need to keep some, and yes, they're, they're, they're great. We've we've one lady, her very first trainee, um, she's still with us, and she's like a mother figure to the guys that come in, <laughs> guys and girls. Yes, she looks after them for the first few weeks, and it's great to have that kind of person there for their support. Yeah, of course. Because they're like deers and headlights at the start; they're just in a new environment. They've never worked in it. And it's yeah. really important they settle well. Yeah. How do how do um how do the people coming to work for you find out about it like is it is it through other organizations is it um there must be some connection points in order to get these people coming through the business yeah there's, there's two ways one is the friends of friends friends of mm-hmm. people who have done it mm-hmm. or do they know about us through people who have done it but we take them all through job active providers they have to go through right the job active providers who who work to to settle these guys in australia and mm-hmm. um, when they come over first and they stay with them until they're self-sufficient. Yes. And we reach out to five or six different job active providers every time we want to take a, mm-hmm. a new intake. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they work with them and they organize everything from safety shoes to 
to interviews to getting them to site to see what we're like and all that yeah is it um is it tough as a business i i'd love to know like where a, a lot of the talented people coming into this business are coming from like country-wise but like yeah. thinking about different languages and obviously esl is a big thing with regards with this i imagine like how are you making sure that you're you know delivering the message properly whether that be around safety or whether that be around recipes or or just the expectations of um of the project like you know how have you sort of facilitated that it must be a challenge it is and that's that's one thing that disadvantages these guys when they come to australia first and makes it really really hard for them to find work yeah um, is their ability to understand safety and food safety and policies and procedures and um, because OH&S and, and food safety are huge, um, yeah. understandably so. Mm. So when they come to us, we will accept them with a lot less English than commercial employers would, and we'd work with them um, through the ESL choosers. Mm. But they still need to have enough um, to be able to function. They, they need to be able to, when they're working in the mixing, read a recipe. Yes. They need to be able to understand when we're talking to them about policies and procedures about safety and and, and everything else and behaviors, yeah. we need to know that that conversation can be understood. Mm. It'll take us longer, um, but we're okay with that. Yeah. And that's the difference between a social enterprise and a commercial business. Yeah, exactly, is that you actually keep working with them until they until they can understand. Yeah, it's Correct. really critically important. So uh, I suppose the second, yeah, the second part of my question is like where, where are a lot of these talented people coming from? Where are they seeking asylum from? Yeah, it's, it's really it's really down to what we see in the news. They're coming from the countries depending on what's happening there. I mean, we have, we've had a lot of people from Syria and Iraq. We've had mm. people from Afghanistan, Burma, um, Myanmar. Um, yeah, yeah. We've also had some from Bangladesh. Um, so we'll read the Congo. It really depends at the time of the intake yes. um, of where it's where the troubles in the world are. Um, yeah. So, but a lot of the people we have have come from either Syria or Iraq. Mm, wow and the phenomenal people i mean i there's there's a couple working in our new um concession on metro and park sydney and mm-hmm. they they were two that came through us yes and then looking after that bakery but they've when you when you read the newspaper it's not the same talking to somebody right yeah and absolutely you get to see a human being you get to see somebody you can laugh and joke mm. and also you get to realize how lucky you were you know and in, yeah. in terms of your upbringing and, and what you you took for granted. Yeah, to I can I can already tell by knowing your short time, Philip, that you're obviously a very humble character. But I imagine a situation like this would have made you even humbler um, to understand, you know, people's plight during this time. It must have been a must have been a very interesting experience coming in a couple of years ago and sort of de- and and challenging yourself with this kind of role. I'd imagine. Yeah, it was, Sean, and you know yourself when you go home work and the family say, "How was work?" And you go, "Yeah, it was okay, grand, no problem." Um, but when I start coming home from the bread and butter project, you start telling the stories. Yeah, you know, I brought my kids in to to meet the guys and and family in to to meet them and talk to them and understand that you have a PlayStation, you have a phone. Um, yeah, stop making things like that for granted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it is very humbling. Yeah, is it? Um, does the organisation need to think about like what what is happening outside of the lives of? of your staff as well to make sure that, you know, if they're, if they're dealing with, 
stuff from their homeland, which has obviously been a massive issue, um, that's obviously going to come into work. Like it's it's just going to happen, um, especially you know when a predominant you know predominantly baking is done you know between midnight and sort of six or seven a.m. Right. So it's all mm-hmm. darkness and stuff, which I found, <laughs> you know, when I wasn't in the best spot when I was baking, like feeling well, like it it exacerbated that a bit, you know. Like, how do you, how do you guys make sure you support your team outside? Because I'm sure that's a really part important part of the project as well. Yeah, and they're the additional costs that that we actually incur as, as social enterprises. Mm. We have a the people we call it people in partnership. We don't call them HR. We don't call them. Yeah. We don't use terms like that because it's. It, it, they're they're like they're like policing it's you know yes. what I mean? and yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. Things we like to use so um we we when i came here first one of the board one of the board members says to me just be careful philip it's like hotel california and um, we can never leave and we find that with our our trainees when they graduate and they go and find and even when they're with us and um, we help them with everything from disputes to have them with the landlords to finding the a, a new place to live to talking to Sydney transport about their Opal card, not working to yeah. dramas to having them with, with, with their own families and to writing resumes for them and helping them to do all that mm. for interviews. It never stops. Um, and we have a lot of phenomenal pro bono people who help us out with that as well, because we're a small nimble team. We have to be because we want to put all the costs into the, the training. Yes. Um, so we, we rely on a lot of, of pro bono companies and very talented people to help us when we need help with that. Yeah. Um, is it a challenge when they when the graduates come out and leave you guys and go into sort of quote-unquote normal employment? Like to what kind of situations they're then going into if they go into hospitality? Like is that is that a big culture shock for them coming into a really supported um, – ecosystem for them by everything you've just explained and then and then go into you know a normal job where they might not have anywhere near that kind of support is that is that a challenge for the graduates to come out of it is a challenge but we we've acknowledged that challenge as well sean in terms of we get them into a place and then before before they accept the role so that's very smart so what we try and do is understand what what they're looking for mm. um how how close to home and and how what transport they have because as you said bakeries happen when transport doesn't work yes. you know so and we take everything into context and then we organize with the the people looking to employ bakers at the time mm-hmm. we go out with the people we do a little chat not an interview but a chat with the the people in charge of this place and then we put them in for a week we get yep. some feedback from them and also from the the potential employers mm-hmm. and if they're happy and um, we finish the training with us and we transition them in. And what transition means is when their training is finished with us, they'll start working over there. But our people and partnership person will stay in contact with both the company and the trainee for as long as possible. Yep. If it's going to be elongated time, because at the same time we're taking in the new law, we'll get one of our pro bono people or ESL tutors whom they've worked with yes. to stay in touch. Because most of the transition is around the English. Yes, of course. Yeah, we, we we train them. We call it industry English, where we we train them with the terminology to do with baking. Mm-hmm. We're never going to train someone in six months from the beginning. And these are all grown people; they're not kids. Yes, um, mm. and they're very proud. So, so the challenge we normally have is continuing that English progression. So, so by staying close like that, we we work and we're trying to we're trying to build that partnership. So, 
So it continues. We have we have graduated 45 trainees and we found employment for them all. Wow. And, and what we found is the intergenerational benefit was awesome, Sean, mm. because all of the kids were either in full-time education or full-time employment. And when the last survey or research was done on this a couple of years ago by the government, there was only a 17% success rate with the government to achieve, achieve that. So we want to make sure we continue to support the guys and not forget them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's amazing when some of them left the last intake in particular, they were actually crying when they were leaving. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> you know, because they were leaving us. But um, we stayed in touch. And we've, we, as I said, we find employment partners that have similar values to us. Yeah. You know, as the people grow. What do you think are, what do you think are some of the sort of skills they get other than just baking bread in that, in that period of time that really helped them in their life in a new country in, in their life in new employment after they've finished their graduation with you guys? Like what, what kind of values or, you know, skills do you think they gain from the time with you? Yeah, I think they, they gained quite a few because, you know, a lot of them didn't even know what superannuation was. Yeah. A lot of them didn't, didn't understand the roster wasn't a guide. It was an actual <laughs> time you got to get to work. Right? Yeah. And yeah. They, 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 they get to work and some people, sometimes the people they work with are happy. Sometimes they're grumpy. Yes. Depending on what's going on. Mm. Right. So they got to understand really the, the next best thing to understand the baking to the level they do is to understand people to understand Australian work culture. Yes. And that you can be happy one day and the next day, the same person has something else going on in their life and they're just not as happy. Yeah. But they also understand teamwork. The fact that they're not in it alone. They're surrounded by people who help, but they, they need to ask for that help. Yes. So they learned a lot of people skills in mm. terms of how to survive in the in the workplace because it's like a second family. It's the next amount of time you spend with people with a, a set of people. That's yeah, family. yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm so humbled by this conversation. I I, I apologize. Okay. I I apologize for the long pauses. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about um talk about the the partnership with Woolworths that, uh, you know, made me um, hear about you guys and, and how did that come about and, and what's that mean for the brand moving forward? Yeah, I mean, timing is everything and, you know, you make your own look, they say. Um, mm. Back before Christmas last year, Christmas 2019, we, we met up with Woolworths in the head office because we were trying to trying to get some product on shelves in the future. Yep. Um, and we were just talking and talking goes on a, a while. But in March, when COVID hit, um, our business was decimated because um, over 70% of our business was hospitality, which is the- Oh, because you're doing wholesale. Restaurants and yeah. the corporates in the city whose social responsibility partnered well with our cause in terms of what we do. Mm. Um, and as we know, they all shut down. Um, yeah. And we lost over 55% of our sales overnight. Wow. Wow. Their goal was to keep our 52 people employed yep. because a lot of them weren't entitled job seeker or job keeper. Yeah, of course. Um, and we didn't even know whether we were at that stage, but thankfully we were. Mm. But um, we didn't want to let anyone go. We wanted to keep everyone working. Um, so we, we reached out to the Metro team, the Woolworths Metro team. I rang phone call of was and says, we need some help. Can we get into some of your stores? And then enough overnight, they ranged us in 15 of their stores. Wow. Um, and we're now in 25 of 26 of their stores um, selling bread on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And we were truly lucky 
that we got that partnership going yep. then. Um, and they helped us out. And since then, when they saw what we were capable of doing, the quality of the product and the the synergies between their refugee program and ours, um, yes. they wanted to, to look at that deeper. So they talked about what we could do together. And they were opening this new store in Park Sydney and in Erskineville. Mm-hmm. And they asked us, would we be willing to partner with them? Um, and we worked on many, many months to do that. And on the 4th of November, that store was launched. And in that store, we've put two of our graduates, mm-hmm. our trainees. Both of them are from Iraq. Um, one of them has been a maths, was, he was a maths teacher. He was in his final year of college. And the other guy was an IT guy. And they're now running that bakery. And it's been a truly successful launch. But wow. we would love people to continue to support us in there. Yes. Um, because we'd hope we could keep building our relationship with Metro into the future because um, that gives us the opportunity. What does it do? It's not for us. I keep saying this. It's not about making lots and lots of money Mm. as profit. It's about making a surplus so we can train lots and lots more people. Um, We get through 10 people through every six months. We would love to get 100 people through a year and then up that to 200. Yes. We want to make as much difference as possible. But we also want the importance of this relationship with Metro will hopefully help other social enterprises as well to understand you need a corporate partner. Mm. You know, you, you can't, ex- we can't, we're not living in a world where corporate partners are necessarily going to go and seek you out. Yes. You are to knock on their doors and say, look what we do. Look what you do. Yeah. And encourage them to support. Yeah. And we've been lucky with the Woolworths Metro team that that's what's happened. Yeah. Must be hard to have those and tiring to have those, you know, constant conversations with corporate you know, about trying to help a brand like yours. Like it's 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 obvious the impact it's going to make and maybe I'm just say it's obvious because I know what baking did for my life. But like it's, um, yeah, it must be it must be really tiring to continue to have conversations with corporate and hope, hope they're going to support, you know, an enterprise like this. Like is that, is that a challenge for you, Philip, or? Yeah, it, it's not so much a challenge. It's it's like what you said about baking, right? Um, mm. you got to have a passion to do it to get up. Yeah. Yep. In the middle of the night and work hard every night and then do this copy and paste the next night and the next night yeah and it can be christmas night as well and it can be new year's eve yep um, there's no <laughs> days off for a baker mm. um and it's the same with with social enterprise you gotta have a passion you gotta believe and you'll never stop trying them yeah you yeah. keep knocking on the doors your, your your knuckles might get bloody and um, from the amount of times you knock but you just keep going because you truly believe in what you're doing yeah 100 percent um the new association with with Woolworths Metro. Are you so just to just to understand that a bit more? Are you controlling that whole bakery that would normally be done by Woolworths Metro themselves? So they're actually your staff. They're running it. It's all your product. Is that how it works? Absolutely. Woolworths Metro. Wow. Campus, he says we want you guys to have. This is a first for Woolworths Metro. Wow. Um, bakeries. Um, they've never had an outside organisation on the bakery in their store. Um, wow. And we've, we've, we've worked with them and they've listened to us and listened to our head bakers in terms of the equipment and they've supported 100% right down to the magical slicer that we use. Yes. Um, where customers come in and they slice their own bread. Oh, cool. I Here's love that. Yes. Um, yes. And we, we have our board are coming in every evening when we go home to continue to talk to customers and continue to show our gratitude because one thing we never take for granted people's gratitude and i know you said there um you know it makes sense to me but we we'd never take that for granted we yeah. continually are really grateful to everybody who supports the bread and butter project yeah so what what's the next sort of 
you know, 12 months, 24 months sort of look like for the brand? Like are you are you wanting to roll out in more, obviously more Woolworths metros? Are you looking to create a, a, a retail space for yourself? Like what's the thinking now that COVID is sort of becoming a bit more under control in Australia? Yeah, um, what, what we learned in COVID is we had all our eggs in one basket and then nearly ended what we do. Um, mm-hmm. So what we want to do is we, we, we want to expand the amount of, people we we supply to the amount of industries we supply to so we want to grow our business in many different facets along Mm -hmm. the way and we would love to grow um with the likes of a Woolworths metro and hopefully we can yes and that that would be one thing we would we would aspire to do Mm -hmm. but in terms of our business we just want to sell as much bread as we can in sydney at the moment and um and and with that comes the ability to train more and more people yeah yeah because because your business is so much different to to a a normal for profit business. Because if you if you decided you wanted to go to Melbourne, as well, you would have to think about all the support structures that you've built in Sydney, and trying to replicate that in Victoria, because there's going to be different associations. There's going to be some federal government. There's going to be some state government. There's going to be a lot of different micro organisations, which I'm sure help you guys as well in Sydney. Like that's a that's a big challenge you know, to do that. like, And that's where the corporate partnerships have to be strong mm. um, because the government, state, federal government will will hopefully help. Yes. But, um, you can't be successful without having good partners in each state. Yes. Um, corporate partners to work with. So, um, yeah, we're, our, our ambition is to grow and to, to help as many people throughout Australia as we can. Um, People seeking refuge and asylum are the, the people we've targeted at the moment, and mm-hmm. that's who will continue to help. And, and it's up to us to encourage businesses to get on their on their boat and, and join us. Um, so yeah, I mean, we 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 want to grow. We mm. want to grow nationally if we can eventually. Yes. Um, yeah. But first, we we gotta reset ourselves in Sydney based on what's happened in COVID. Yes. And um, build our our our, our sales both in wholesale and now in retail yeah yeah and and with that we, we we are starting to hire people in respect of what we're trying to do in the future as well so yeah we're trying to get the right people in on board and I, I would say what's what's really helped me personally over this COVID journey is the support of our phenomenal board yeah um, yeah you look like you've got a great board like you've got 10 great people on that board it's amazing yeah and they, they give up anytime we ask them I asked them all to help us in Park Sydney and they're out there without a question from five o'clock to eight o'clock just talking to customers on their behalf after doing their day job. Well, it's a great thing about something like this is it's um, you just know the help it's actually going to provide people long term and, you know, it's it's the kind of thing which is, I imagine, hard to get, a challenge to get government supporters in. There's a lot of great organisations but and a lot of the time you don't see the result in the first six months, you know, it, this is a, a long-term result that you guys are building to try to obviously make people's lives easier and better. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I mentioned the intergenerational, but we've also, we also have a, a milestone where we have a girl who came to us. She's originally from Syria mm-hmm. and we had a lad who was from Iraq Yes, and they met in the bakery, and they're now engaged to be married. <laughs> Never would they have met had they not, yeah, had their paths not crossed, so to speak, because they were from two different countries, you know. Yeah, so yeah, that's our push and becks, as we call them, <laughs> of our bakery. 
that's that's a fantastic way uh, to <laughs> almost finish off the show, Philip. Um, I want to ask you one final question before um, before I let you go, if I can. Um, I've been asking everyone at the final uh, the final question of the podcast is what what's one thing that you're looking forward to getting back to yourself that you haven't been able to do sort of since COVID started. Yeah, for me, it's it's meeting people again um, mm. because we've been very, very careful in the bakery that we didn't want COVID to get inside our factory. Yes, sure of course. For a couple of days or, or spread through our workforce because, I mean, we want to keep them all healthy and safe and we want to keep the business healthy and safe. Mm. So just being able to, so we've been, we've as leaders, we've been very mindful of what we've been doing. Yes. So we haven't been seeing as many people as in the past and, a lot of the people that I see are really, really passionate and mm. want to help. And I love getting around people just to thank them and and tell them what what they're doing. And Zoom is great. You see people's heads, but, you know, you don't get to sit down and have a coffee. And, <laughs> yeah, it's not know, the same, is it? People. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out there and talking to people again about how they're helping and what we're up to. Yeah. Um, it's really exciting. I, I'm, um, I feel even, even – I can't think of the words – I just feel really lucky that you guys are doing something that's really, really good, and and there's no there's no doubt that it's going to expand, and um, I'm excited to see it expand, Philip. Um, now we talked about donations, so what what's the best way that people can find out about the Bread and Butter Project and and how to donate to this amazing organisation? Yeah, we have on our website the Bread and Butter Project dot com. We have mm-hmm. um, the ability for people to go through and, and go to a page to donate directly to the business. Yes. Uh, or they can ring up the the contact number on the the website as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girls will be able to help with from the office. But the website is the best place to go yep. to get that information and be able to donate. Cool. And as always, they're in the show notes of this podcast, so make sure you check it out and donate as I will be doing today. Philip, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate that.